0: Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because they'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com.
1: It's because it takes that focus and that effort and that motivation being ready to hop out of the truck every single time and give it your all, you know, it, it might be the difference that kills a bird.
2: You're listening to the Ozark podcast presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks who have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle If you want to watch exclusive full-length video episodes with each of our guests, receive a free Ozark-inspired sticker every single month, and get a shout-out on a future episode, then sign up for the White River Club on our Patreon. The link is in the show notes, and your support goes a long way. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Now here's the episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back for another episode of the Ozark Podcast. You've got Kyle V on the mic as always, and I am joined by my co-host of the show, Josh Launch. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Glad to glad to be back. Happy to have a new guest and
0: ready to get on it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh for us, it's we're sitting here at the end of April and um and we've we've done a couple episodes on turkey, but we want to keep you know, hammering on, on turkey tips and tactics. And so um, we've got a guest here who's uh, poised to do that exactly and, and help us get on some birds. Um, and so we're here at your house, Josh. Thanks for having us over here. Um, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll kick it over to you to kind of introduce
0: our, our guest here. Yeah, so our special guest today is Brett James. Brett and I met in college. I was a freshman. He was a junior, I believe, playing football and met through a fellow outdoorsman, um, really talking turkeys. He was talking about one of our hunts, and through him following on Instagram and keeping up with him through school, I kind of realized this is someone I want to keep around. He's a pretty cool dude. So friendship began on school. Um, As time continued, he remained true to who he was when I met him, an outdoorsman, someone who appreciates the intricacies of nature. He knows his biology, habitat, and timber. He's someone who doesn't just know how to hunt, but he understands animal behavior, habits, and instinct. Over the years, Brett has killed 41 turkey, has led many into this great lifestyle that turkey hunting is. He enjoys everything outdoors, deer, upland bird, ducks, even breaks out the rod from time to time. Brett's married, has a corgi named Birdie, and is the best turkey hunter I know. Professionally, he's an incoming emergency medicine resident physician. That's a mouthful. And he's finishing up at at med school right now. So, Brett, thanks for making the three-hour drive. We're happy to have you.
1: Yeah. uh, Man, I don't know if I'm the best turkey hunter maybe that you know but there's definitely uh far better turkey hunters out there than me i've I've been fortunate to be able to sit down on a bunch of birds and uh have a a bunch of birds killed and then you know be parts of other hunts but um i guess through that i've actually messed up on a lot of turkeys as well um so i've learned from it and i'm happy to be here and share like uh you know what i've learned and what i can uh help you all learn as well. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll absolutely. figure out how to kill a turkey today. Yeah, yeah, we will.
2: I was we were talking offline and I was I was just kind of letting you know Brett, but I was saying our audience is everyone from people who have never turkey hunted to people who have been turkey hunting for 10, 20, 30 years. And so um so we just kind of want to, you know, bring everybody to a similar playing field and kind of set the baseline a little bit higher, give people the, like the 101, um talk about some terminology, get into some tactics, walk through a couple scenarios of in this situation, on private land, public land, if this is going on, what can you do? Talk through some calls, stuff like that. Um, so I think for for us, I think where we want to start is is kind of your background. Sounds like, you know, for you to be, you said you're 27 and you've taken 41 birds. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, that's more birds than you've been, you know, alive years wise. So. Um, talk to me about your background and, and how you got into turkey hunting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've, you know, a lot of those has come from other states. Uh, the majority of my birds still have come from Arkansas, but, you know, you know, to get to 41, I guess at this age, um, you know, they got to come from elsewhere. Right. Um, that being said, I got started, um, one of my first turkey hunt when I was seven, my dad's a diehard turkey hunter. I always like to brag about my dad because, like, um, he was turkey hunting before. Turkey hunting was cool, okay. right? So, like, he killed his first bird, and I think he was 89. Okay. So, he was actually 20, out in his mid-20s, uh, early 20s, something like that. So, um, you know, my dad was super passionate about turkey hunting, but ironically, turkey hunting was the last thing I did as, like, a growing outdoorsman, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I grew up deer hunting, going on duck hunts, uh, fishing as well. Um, but my dad, it's, it's almost like he, like, protected turkey hunting, right? Yeah. Like, he understood that turkey hunting took the most focus and the most passion, and so he kind of protected me from that until I was, you know, old enough and motivated enough. And you can imagine six-year-old me was chomping at the bit to go turkey hunting, right? right? Like, Surely. my dad would come home, he'd pull around the uh, into the driveway, he'd have a long beard in the back of the truck, and I'm just like, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that passion was there from the get-go. Um, we had an awesome deer lease. Um, we had, like, 5,500 acres, um, of a deer lease. And there were like three or four turkey hunters on it. And even then folks would just kind of like hunt like the first three or four days and then they kind of uh, pit her off. You yeah. Know? And sure. so, um, I was really blessed to be able to number one, have a dad who was passionate about turkey hunting, kind of like push that onto me and then have a place where we'd go kill birds. Right. So like, uh, high target rich environment, right? Like it's mm-hmm. kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, my first bird, I, it's funny people talk about how they can remember things like it was yesterday and, and this is it for me um i had g- gotten out of school taking a personal day from school that was a big deal because my dad was big on uh getting your education mm-hmm. even at, you know even in second grade <laughs> the um, turkey hunting was worth it yeah it's worth it, like. it man worth <laughs> it for the birds so um yeah we got on a bird early that morning and this is this is probably a week of season at this point um you know arkansas had a little bit longer season back then i guess that would have been like Two thousand and two or three, so it was a little bit longer, a little bit earlier in the year. But this is almost a weekend of season. Got on a bird early in the morning, just didn't work out. You know uh, how most turkey hunts go. You know, yeah. it just doesn't happen. You know, they're just tough to kill. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, we kept prospecting is what I like to call it, hitting new spots, calling, making little runs into bottoms, um, just trying to strike up a bird. And didn't really have any luck. And man, before it's all said and done, little seven year old Brett is um, it's twelve thirty. And my dad's still dragging me up and down these hills. And, uh, you know, I was, I was tired. It was, I was hot. <laughs> you know, I was ready to go home. But my dad, um, he, he kind of, he said, hey, let's just hit one more stop. just see what happens. So we parked the truck. Like I said, I remember being like 1235, you know, looking at the truck and seeing it was like 75 degrees. Mm-hmm. My goodness. And, uh, man, we walk about 300 yards up on top of this finger ridge here. And uh, there's a logging road that goes to the middle of it. And uh, we're just just set off the logging road. My dad hits that slate call, um, and man, that bird hammers, you know. And we get set down real quick. We throw up a decoy, um, and within ten minutes, that bird's in our lap, you know. I think my dad made like two or three more calls, like soft stuff, okay. you know. Yeah. Um, and man, that bird's in our lap. He's in full strut, twenty eight yards, and uh, I roll him. You yeah. know, he comes out in that clearing, and um, he sees that decoy about the time I was about to make my move. So my dad always tells me, it's like that decoy was probably the difference maker of my first bird, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I kind of made that move that a young seven-year-old will, you know. Um, But yeah, so like I said, he, he never saw me and I was able to make that move and I rolled him. And man, I just remember like, it was on after then. Yeah, so. you're hooked. <laughs> yeah, we're awesome. killing birds
2: now, baby. So Dude, that's so cool. I think I think about my childhood, and, and I've talked about this on the on other episodes before. But just it feels like there's like a few moments in your life that are like that, where you can just like remember the moment, the feeling, what it was like, and you think back to those days, and and that's like the beginning of what inspires you to do the things that you do now. Um, and so it's cool to hear kind of like that defining moment for you is, is part of something that's kind of carried on through throughout the rest of your life. Yeah,
1: man. It's, it's, it's been amazing. I remember my first deer, you know, the first duck hunt I've been on, all those are special moments, but, oh, that turkey, man. Yeah. Something different.
0: Yeah. Do you think it had something to do with your dad kind of keeping it safe? I, I definitely. From you?
1: Definitely. Um, cause you know, I, I think it would be tough cause like I think about, you know, it, when it comes time for me to take kids, you know, I want to keep it fun and entertaining, and keep it engaged. Um, but I also want to teach them to hunt hard, you mm-hmm. know. So um, it, I think you have to find that in between, um, you know, maybe a five year old is not the best thing to be, yeah. you know, dragging a kid up and down those hills. And, and maybe it is, right? Like I think about, like now they're making a 410, you can effectively kill a turkey at 25, 30 yards with a four ten with tungsten, mm-hmm. and like I think about a five-year-old shooting that—that's a lot more reasonable than right. than than what we had back in the day. Um, so you know, if you have a, a turkey tied up and you can get a bird on a, a kid on a bird quick, man, get after it. But um, you know, I think it was important for my dad um, to to show me that like the patience and the focus and the grit and the motivation is what kills turkeys. Yeah, so
2: absolutely, that's cool. Well, I want to get into, I want to get straight into it um, and and talking turkey tactics and stuff like that, but. Um, before, before we get into some of that stuff, there's a couple things I want to talk is one, you've hunted all over the place. You mentioned you've hunted out of state, you've hunted in state, you've hunted a lot of Arkansas birds. Um, but where else have you hunted and, and kind of gotten this experience that you've gotten over the years?
1: Yeah. So I guess I've, I've hit eight States now. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if, if y'all are familiar with the U.S. slam, but basically, Mm -mm. yeah. So, um, There's turkeys in 49 of the 50 states in uh, in the U.S. right everywhere but Alaska. Um, So it it is kind of an achievement, an accomplishment um, to to be able to kill a bird in each state. Okay, Mm. so um, that's kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm after. Man, there are people that have done it like twice. Right? Like there's like there's some killers out (laughs) there. Wow, you gotta watch them, man. (laughs) (laughs) There's some killers. Um, Yeah. So so that's kind of my that's kind of my goal. You know, for me, it's going to be kind of a long term plan. Right? Like I'm starting my career uh, in medicine, um, so a lot of my time will be in medicine or raising a family, you know, right. um, you know, pursuing other interests. But, you know, man, I, I just picture myself as like an old man, you know, like finishing out <laughs> number 49 in Oregon, yeah. you know, like <laughs> just hobbling up some hill and like shooting some old long beard. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the goal. And okay. like I said, getting started on it early was um, kind of important to me. I think my first out-of-state bird I killed was in Tennessee. Okay. Um, I got a buddy that lives there, a good friend of mine. Um, and, man, we, we've we honestly just kind of made it a, a tradition since to go hammer turkeys every year. Um, and That's it's been cool. a good time. I actually haven't been able to go this year. It's been the first time in years I haven't, haven't been able mm. to go to Tennessee. So okay. I'm kind of bummed about it. Yeah. But just trying to pick up other states, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, killed several birds in Texas this year, um, Oklahoma and Kansas. And then last year we actually wrapped up season um, um, up in the Northeast United States. And, man, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I was telling y'all before the episode, Killing Birds in June killing a long beard in June. Are you kidding me? So, um, it was a lot of fun, you know, and like I said, in pursuit of the 49, right? Like Mm -hmm. you got to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just kind of building up that, that pattern, that strategy that I have how to kill birds in, you know, um, high ridges in Alabama or, you know, lowland in South Arkansas, um, a lot of ag stuff up in Maine, you know, you're you're just kind of building up that whole strategy and that whole tactic. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to to put it to use, whether it's in my home state or somewhere new, and man it's it's just it's a good time. yeah, that's yeah.
2: cool. I, I'm sure going to all those different places you're talking about you know a bunch of different landscapes and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, and are you there's different subspecies too, in those different places, right? Yeah, so— um, And do they act different from—I know state to state, your your landscape's going to make them kind of act different. Yeah, I can give you species, just, like, a species.
1: general picture of what I've hunted. I've only ever hunted Easterns and Rios. Okay. So I'll just give you, like, a quick map of where these birds are at. Okay. So um, starting down in Florida, South Florida, a lot of people—the line is kind of hairy where these Osceola birds are at. Mm-hmm. But down in South Florida is the classic Osceola bird— um he's known for having long spurs okay. um he they say he doesn't gobble quite as much i haven't hunted this bird so i can only speak from the hundreds of articles and yeah. videos and stuff mm-hmm. i read on him. right so right. um that's a really that's a really sought after bird because it's only in that one spot Okay, right? and gotcha. so um north of there like in the panhandle of florida like further north it's kind of where the eastern start easterns would go all up into northeastern u.s and then as far over as like east texas um there's some easterns out there. But okay. um just for general lines around Arkansas is kinda as far west as they go. Okay. Um, you know, I killed an eastern in Kansas mm-hmm. as well. Um that kind of runs into the high, hy- there's some hybrids. Killed um, my
0: bird. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk about that. We yeah, gotta we, hit that we later. Can tell that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: But um yeah, so there's some there's some hybrids there in Kansas. And then the next sector would be uh Rio Grande's turkeys. Okay. Um so that's gonna be in Texas, Oklahoma, um, western Kansas. Um and then finally in like some of those mountains, um, I think of like Nebraska, Colorado, Utah is the Merriam's turkey mm-hmm. that runs up into Oregon as well. Um, so that's like the four subspecies uh, for the for the Grand Slams, what they call it. Okay. There's a Gould's turkey down there in, um, um, like around the Mexican border. Okay. And then there's an oscillated bird. I believe it's on like the Yucatan Peninsula. Yeah. So like in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So like down there. Um. But like the big four, that's them. Okay. So
2: gotcha. And, and from state to state and um, behavior-wise between the Rios and the Easterns, do they act a little bit different or is it mostly the same style of hunting kind Man, of wherever so you go?
1: It's, it's the same style of hunting for me. Okay. The landscape determines kind of how I approach a situation, right? If, if I'm almost like sight hunting birds, you mm-hmm. know, like, like when I go out west, you're almost seeing strutters in a field and you're making a game plan from there, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in Arkansas – um you know you're you're setting up you've you've done your preseason scouting you're hearing birds and then you're going to that spot to listen to him and you're setting up in that spot you yeah. know, to to try to call that bird in okay um that being said it seems like rios are a little more aggressive like man me and my dad quick story we're good with stories our story's good. stories okay. good stories, yeah, stories so man i was like 13 or 14 years old we're in like western oklahoma on some public land we'd been kind of getting whipped really i'd shot a bird he'd shot a bird but it wasn't like it just wasn't hot and heavy. getting
2: whipped that doesn't sound like getting whipped to me <laughs> yeah well i'm just kidding yeah i guess if you're there for like a week or something yeah i think it other? was like
1: i think it was like four or five days Okay, um, but man okay. you just think about it like like i said man when i'm hunting with my dad i mean and, and this is how i hunt too but because this is how he taught me yeah sun up to sun down yeah you know it's, it's like serious. we're not doing anything else yeah you know this is what we're doing. And uh, so that means a lot of miles where there's not a turkey goblin. I gotcha. And hey, if you got something else to do during the day, that's fine. Right. right. Like, you know, I mean, like anytime you can be in the woods is better than not being in the woods. Sure. Right. But um, man, that was just always important to him. It's like, man, give it, give it all you got. Yeah. You know, we're in there. <laughs> so anyway, we're getting whipped in Oklahoma. It's the last day. Our like, uh, like our roost hunt um, at fly down time just didn't work out. We'd actually roosted a bird the night before, didn't work out. And man, we're actually headed back to Arkansas. You know, it's like, we got to get back. Um, might've been like my spring break when I was in junior high or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, we hit this one last parcel of public land. It's about, I don't know, it's about 80 acres in total, but it's back up to this greenfield that's private. And, uh, this public is overlooking this private greenfield and we're crest that ridge. And, uh, I'll be dying if there's like four strutters in the field, you know, like seven or eight hens and some jakes, like just milling around and they're probably 250, or 300 yards from us, you know? Not really much you can do, right? Like, it's two of us with, like, little mouth yelpers, and then there's the real dealer right there. Yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, we call and they gobble. We call and they gobble. But there's just nothing you can really do. Yeah. Um, so, man, we get set down, and we're, we're just going to give them 45 minutes. Like, otherwise, we're just headed back to Arkansas. And, uh, man, all of a sudden, these birds, they start moving from this greenfield into this cottonwood bottom. Um, I guess it would be west of there. But um, they pretty much have to see our set on the hilltop. Mm-hmm. So man we we actually had a decoy out. It's funny. I don't hunt with decoys much, but my yeah. first two stories both had decoys involved in okay. but um we actually did have a decoy out. And man these birds are headed they're headed in this one bottom and they're following this um there's a fence line that separates this property and they're headed in this bottom. And man when they get almost onto the public property, we just start making a hissy fit of mouth calls. Pop 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 Yup pop, yup
2: yup. Pop pop, pop 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 yeah.
1: And all of a sudden two birds just hammering. Pop pop pop.
2: Okay.
1: And, man, they break, and they're headed straight to us. And uh, we were almost kind of, like, standing up in the like in the brush, you know. It's like we weren't ready to kill birds. We were almost <laughs> just, like, appreciating the spectacle of gobbling birds, you know. <laughs> and, uh, man, they break, and they're headed to us. And, man, next thing I know, they gobble, and they're 40 yards away, and we can't see them yet. And uh, so we didn't have a plan on what to do if two turkeys come up together, right? So, like, we're putting a plan together real quick. I said, hey, Dad, uh, we'll just count to three. Um, and and on three we shoot on three, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Next thing I know, man, these birds are like they crest this this hilltop at us, and they're like at twelve yards. Oh man! <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. And it's like you know it, it's a gobbler at twelve yards, man. It really don't matter how well you're hid, man. At twelve yards, they're just they just know something's up, yeah. you know. And 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 that's a real risk, you know. And they never actually even boogered, but it was coming, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, so I start the countdown, you know, ready to kill. Yeah, There's two. One, boom! My dad shoots. My dad shoots before his thirteen-year-old son gets a chance to shoot. He folds his bird, and uh, I get on my bird real quick and shoot him. And luckily, I killed him too. But um, yeah, man, it, like he, like it's it's cutthroat out there. Yeah, he's in, like out west, my bird. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, we wound up with two birds, and um, it was all fine. But yeah, so I just think about like you know how those birds broke. Um, I guess how visually they were attracted to that decoy. And then audio wise, man, we just got super aggressive with that call and how those birds broke to us and ran to us. And I mean, they were they were dead within five minutes after that. And, you know, that just seems to be to me those Rios, they they just I don't know if they're dumber or yeah. man, they're just ready to come to a call a little bit easier. But those Rios seem a little bit, um a little bit easier to kill um, yeah. for the most part. And there's probably some people that would disagree with me, but boy, I've struggled on some Easterns in my mm. life. So, you yeah. know, that that's just kind of my two cents on Yeah, it.
2: from your experience, I mean, yeah. you only have what you know and yeah. what you've seen. So,
1: And I've yet to also uh, hunt a Merriam's. I'm actually headed up to South Dakota at the end of this week um, to hunt some Merriam's. So, man, I'm super excited about Dude, that. That's so. awesome.
0: Check another one off the list. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey, you know, if I get the job done up there, it's just the Osceola left. Right, really? For so like, the then, grand slam, the slam grand slam is done, and that's down in Florida. It's down in Florida. Okay,
2: so you got to make that trip soon.
1: Yeah, well, uh, first I got to kill of, a Miriams. That's so. true. That's true. Fair. Yeah,
0: I don't want to jinx it. Right, right. I don't want to speak too You've soon. Got a pretty good success rate. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: you never know. Yeah.
0: So while we're kind of talking about turkey lingo, and you're saying gobble and hammering and all this stuff, I want to viewers. <laughs> kind of want to give some viewers who haven't heard this terminology kind of some background. So I'm going to fire some quick questions. What's a gobble?
1: All right, so a gobble is uh, just basically the sound that a male turkey will make. Will make. Um, it'll be an adult turkey that does it mostly. A jake can gobble, but you can actually, a lot of times, you can tell the difference. Like a jake's, oh, really? a jake's gobble will be like, it's almost almost like a little a little kid going through puberty, right? Like yeah. a voice cracking, yeah. and it's shorter, and it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it just sounds a little different. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, from the time a bird is like a two-year-old on the time, you know, they're, five six years old i don't even know when a turkey dies at mm-hmm. old age because most of them get shot in arkansas yeah <laughs> when they're around you it sounds like yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah nah, nah. but uh <clears throat> yeah their their gobble will kind of fool out and so it's um i don't know if i really do a good gobble i don't really do that in the woods but oh <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty right, good so right? it, it rolls pretty good yeah. um um, like I said, it's just more extended than that Jake will be. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And
2: is that the same thing as hammering? I noticed you were saying yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, he's hammering.
1: And then a lot of times you say, he's hammering. Okay. And then like you pump you, your fist. You yeah.
2: pump the fist. Mm. Okay, <laughs> now i know how to do yeah,
1: it. Yeah, look up some dudes. There's some dudes that have some good gobbles like up on YouTube. Like there's like calling competitions for just gobbles alone. Hmm. You know? Yeah, so, I believe it. I believe it. That's interesting. I'm All a right. little horse too, that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
0: uh, what's a tom? What's a jake? What's a hen? What's a strutter?
1: Yeah, so um, a tom would be you know, that two-year-old turkey, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let me back up and talk about what a jake is, I guess. So like, um, you know, when a, when a bird hatches, it's a poult, right? right? So um, his first year of life, um, you know, as he's maturing, that next time he comes into spring, that's when people will call him a jake. Okay. So um, a jake would be a male turkey. Um, it's got a little short beard. Most times it'll be like three inches, four inches or so. And then like little nubs for spurs. Um, a jake has gone through... I forget the names of the molts, how their feathers molt, but a jake has gone through, I believe, one molt. And so a lot of times what you'll see with their fan, their tail feathers, there'll be three feathers up on top that are longer than the other out on the side. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's that's a lot of times how you can tell a jake from a long way away. Right? Yeah. Like a jake sometimes can do some strutting, Mm -hmm. Um, in the right situation, but he'll always give himself away by those three feathers sticking up further than like the rest of his fan. Gotcha. Mm. That
2: makes sense because that's how, that's the only way that I know how to really tell them apart when I'm out in the woods is, are there other ways?
1: Um, Body size will usually be um, smaller. Okay. Um, You know, an adult gobbler in Arkansas, man, I I think like a good size bird in Arkansas would be like 19 pounds. Okay. Um, Of course, you go into parts of Missouri and be like 25 pounds. So like there's a lot of variation, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you were just, let's say we just pluck three birds from arkansas we saw a hen a jake and a Longbeard. you would see you know she's the smallest he's just a little bit bigger and then he'll have you know just a sizable difference mm-hmm,
2: gotcha okay
1: um a tom a strutter a longbeard that's your mature mature bird uh two years on that's kind of what we call a tom okay a strutter Got and you. they hammer yeah mm-hmm. and then um and then a hen that's your female turkey she's going to lay your eggs um she's the one that Um, we get so mad at during the spring season because, man, they just will not leave those gobblers. (laughs) No. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just real quick, that's what we got. So
0: why do turkey gobble?
1: Yeah, so um, for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm sure y'all have heard of a shot gobble. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, a a turkey will gobble at a crow, an owl. Sometimes you'll hear him gobble at like a Canada goose flying over, like coming off of its roost. So, you know, I think – that's often their shot gobble. And there's actually been a lot of studies between like, why is a crow linked so much to a turkey gobble? And why is an owl mm-hmm. linked so much to a turkey gobble? And I don't think there's a final answer to it, but I think they're kind of leaning towards like types of predation. Um, mm. So interestingly, like mm. the owl can like prey on a long beard, right? And so like, there's some kind of link to it. Um, like it. I said, I don't think the final answer is is out, but yeah. um, hmm. there's a special link between those two excuse me yeah um and then also you know they'll gobble during the breeding season um because they want to get with a hen right mm-hmm. and so um that hen's up there on a the hilltop yelping um he wants to talk about where he's at and so um he'll gobble um he'll gobble some he'll gobble a lot or he won't gobble at all yeah. seems like um
2: yeah. and do they gobble
1: year-round is that man it's is definitely less common okay. you know in a lot of states there's actually a fall season yeah for turkey hunting right Arkansas we haven't had that in years yeah um they will gobble in the fall season as well. It's just less common. I remember okay. I was I was sitting on a deer stand up around Lake Washington, and uh, man, I, a flock of turkeys had walked by and uh, bird gobbled three times, and um, some hens were yelping and you know just doing their whole their whole pecking order flock deal. Hmm. Man, it was it was cool because um, you rarely see that in the fall. Yeah, but peak gobbling time. Um, you are going to see that springtime, spring, you know, which is mating season. Late or- right, gotcha. late March, April, on into May. Okay, uh, but less so. Gotcha.
0: Awesome. You said yelping. What's yelping?
1: So a yelp is, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of the standard call that a hen will make. And, yeah. uh, you know, a hen's got a, a, a wide variety of sounds that she can make, but that that yelp is kind of her signature. Like mm-hmm. when you think of a turkey, um, a female turkey, that's what she's making. So it's it's um, a succession of notes. Like I think about like maybe six notes in a row. Um, I can break out the calls a little later, but it's, you know, it's yep yep. Mm-hmm. you know yeah um just kind of that high-pitched sound it's got that it's got that treble to it that i think a lot of gobblers like to hear mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what seems like that's what those gobbles like those birds like to gobble at so
0: kind of like a duck call where it kind of cadences all yeah at the end. yeah
1: yeah and so i like i said i can show you with with the mouth call here in a minute um just kind of how to make those sounds and um how to you know get that treble to it
2: yeah absolutely um, and then a couple like other noises that that turkeys make. You so spitting, drumming. Um, obviously, we talked about gobbling. What other noises do they make that you're going to talk about? Or
1: yeah, so that <clears throat> that spitting and drumming, man. Um, for me, as a turkey hunter, that has been one of the top things that has that has helped me kill more turkeys over the years. That once I learned that, once I learned what drumming was, and I tuned into that, um, man, I was just it was that next level, right? So. Uh, drumming is a sound that a bird makes. He doesn't even have to be in strut, but, um, it's another way that these birds signal where they're at, where their location is to these hens. Okay. You know, and
2: real quick strut is, is that like rut? <laughs> a deer or like, yeah. So, what is strut? so
1: strut. So, um, that would be like the classic image that you see. Like if you ever have a screensaver on your computer, right? Like that bird that's blown up. Right. So he's got his belly poked out. His tail fan is extended mm. and his wings are down on the ground. It's just a show of, um, you know, it's it's what they do in their breeding season. It's how they kind of show dominance. Okay, um, it's kind of how they display to females that they are an acceptable mate. I got right? you. So you'll see a gobbler strutting in like an old roadbed or in a field um, or a big, pretty open bottom. Gotcha. You know, so um, just man, it's all about attracting females, attracting the hens, um, and 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 that's that's kind of one of the ways they do it. Okay, gotcha. Um,
2: but, but I didn't mean to cut you off. You're talking about drumming.
1: Yeah. So so. a a lot of times you'll see a bird drum in strut, but he doesn't actually have to be in strut to drum. He can do that okay. without it. But it's this deep, low frequency sound that, man, if you're not listening for it and if you don't know what to listen for, um, you'll miss it. Mm. Um, and, and then with that, he'll also spit, which is actually kind of what it sounds. It's, it's just, that's kind of what his spit sounds like. But um, kind of past that, um, that drum, it's it's a much lower frequency. You'll have to get on YouTube, put some – put some headphones on yeah. and, and play it to kind of get in tune with it. But once you hear it, it it's like, even though that turkey's not gobbling, like even if that turkey hasn't gobbled in 10, 15, 20 minutes, man, if I hear that bird drumming, um, I can hear, I think I can hear drumming about 140 or 150 yards away. Wow. It's incredible. Really? It really wow. is incredible. And it, yeah, I guess I've thought yeah, you could hear it that far. It's incredible. And, um, but man, if you can hear that drumming, just tune in and find that frequency that, that, where that is, you can you can kill a lot more turkeys because you have confidence that it's close and that mm-hmm. you haven't spoke to him, right? So he's drumming to let that hen know, "Hey, I'm over here. Come on, let's gotcha, go."
2: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: But he just didn't want to gobble, right? And so, man, once you lock into that tune, that 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 drum, you're a killer. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it, you you've unlocked. You know, it's like a it's like a new uh, feature you unlock on Xbox. Yeah, like a cheat it's like, code. Yeah, next, next level. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> it's it's, it's um uh, like I said that that's been something, man. I remember. Lake Ouachita bird, man, I got on this turf, two birds, um, actually at fly down, um, didn't work out at fly down, guess what, they had hens with them, mm. um, so it didn't work out at fly down for me, but I just hung in there, these birds are gobbling pretty good, and they kind of quit gobbling around 930, um, I'm set up, kind of, um, I guess I'm like one ridge over from them, like I said, got hens with them, they're just not moving, they would gobble, and then they kind of pittered off, but man, they're drumming the whole time, and they didn't drum. They didn't gobble for the next hour and a half. And I just listened to them drum. And anytime they would, so they were like strutting and working this ridge back and forth. Yeah, just enjoying their day, right? They ain't got nowhere to be, right? A turkey ain't got it. They don't have a timepiece, right? right? Like yeah. they don't have any appointments to go to. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're chilling. just enjoying the day. Yeah, making a little turkey love. Yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> ain't much to it, right? So, um, man, they would, they, would, um, they would strut to the edge of this finger ridge, they'd come back, strut, come back. It's common. You'll see that a lot with birds um, that are just kind of hung up. But I could hear him drumming, and I could hear that, that volume change. You know, I could hear him at 70 yards away, and then I can hear him at 130 yards away mm-hmm. as he's moving up and down that ridge. Man, I just kept, I just kept, kept making moves. Um, when he would go away, I'd, I'd hop that next finger ridge over, and I'd just stay in his hip pocket. And, man, I ended up killing that bird at I believe it was like eleven forty five or maybe like eleven thirty and gobble for oh, two wow. hours, yeah. you know. And I mean I had class at one o'clock. Well, I high-tailed it back to Little Rock. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's I mean, a late morning bird. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's that's I mean and I literally chalked chalked that kill up to to just being able to follow that drum. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, just having confidence that that turkey is there and and you're still in the game, you yeah. know, because if he's drumming, he's not spooked. Yeah, So
2: that's mm. huge. I think about some it's of, huge. Some of the, the couple hunts that I've been on, and I told you I'm not a pro by any means. I've, I've been on a handful of hunts, but I think about the times I've been on hunts and um, the times I've heard turkeys gobbling, and I just, you know, they gobble, but then they stop, and then they just don't do anything, it seems like to me, for an hour, hour and a half. But I almost wonder if I had been listening, if I had known about, you know, to listen for that drumming sound. I'd known that they were really still there. They weren't spooked. That they were still working their way in, or or just something. You know, mm. I almost wonder if it's I game, game up changer on them too soon. Yeah,
1: it's Is a it, game changer. Yeah. You know, you you um, you you can look it up on YouTube. It'll be like on a trail camera. Those ca- actually capture that frequency decently well. So okay. put some earbuds on or headphones in or whatever. Put it on your your big stereo. Basically anything other than your phone speaker, it can't catch it. Right. Okay, yeah. Um. But yeah, just just find that sound and then go here in the woods and go kill a turkey. Yeah, so.
2: that's cool. That's honestly that's worth having him on the I know it episode man. alone right there. But we'll keep going. We got we got more to talk about. Now getting into the meat of it, which is how do you kill a turkey? What is does what the hunting scenario usually look like? And we can walk through some different scenarios and stuff like that, but let's let's get to for you, you're going to a new place. Um and it's probably maybe not a new place, but somewhere you've been scouting. Um what's it look like for you? how do you approach the the situation in in most cases
1: yeah so you pretty much already answered the first part with the scouting okay. right the yeah, scouting is so start important there. and you know i mean most you got to know where the turkeys are right you can you can you can do all of your on x scouting um you can you can do all of your research but until you've gone and actually confirmed and listened to where a bird is or or come across a, a bottom and seen those scratchings right like where those turkeys will, will feed through those bottoms and picket bugs, they're turning all those leaves mm-hmm. up. That's a great sign, mm-hmm. right? Or you go see a turkey track in a in a sand roadbed, you know. Um until you've done all that, you're just kinda at a disadvantage. Um I like to think about, you know, I wanna have confidence in anywhere I go turkey hunt, right? So I wanna know that there's a gobbler where I'm hunting at. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I feel like I'm just hiking through the woods looking yeah. for mushrooms. Sure. You know, <laughs> so um First and foremost, you want to go find a, a goblin turkey, and that starts in March, you know. Um, even though you can't hunt, um, I'll just lay some ground rules out for people that are uh, wanting to get into turkey hunting. Um, you know, go listen in March. Do not call at birds before turkey season. Mm. Rule number one. Okay. I mean, man, I, I just, I think what happens is you will actually maybe accidentally call up birds and then spook birds, and then the bird is educated at that point, knows. right? So. <laughs> yeah. Man, let's just, like, nip it in the bud there and not call it turkeys before turkey season. Okay. <laughs> okay? That's good, yeah. So, man, put in your legwork. Go listen, right? So, like, turkeys gobble the most. It's pretty tried and true. They're going to gobble the most at fly-down time, right? So, that'll be, um, you know, say sunrise is, like, at 640 or whatever. Well, man, whenever those birds start chirping at, you know, 605 or whatever it is, um, that's when those birds will start gobbling. So, get out there early. Um, get you to a spot that you can hear a long ways, mm-hmm. you know, maybe cover a couple finger ridges, like if you're in the mountains, um, or a good access road, you know, if you're in the lowlands, um, and see if you can hear a bird gobble. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot more scouting that I do with, um, you know, these, these satellite maps on my phone. Um, you know, I'm looking for different topography features like, uh, you know, in the region, of the Ozarks, right. Um, I'm looking for like some creek beds, um, that lead up to some finger ridges, um, Obviously we have plenty of trees for turkeys to roost in. So mm-hmm. that's not a problem. But yeah. like if you're in a place like in Kansas, right, where um you know there's kind of a shortage of roost trees, right? Mm-hmm. So that's important, right? Like you want to find a tree that a turkey's gonna fly up in and it's not a ten foot tree, right? Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be a pretty sizable tree, you mm-hmm. know, for him to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where it starts with me as the scouting. So like, you know, I'm out here on this hunt. I didn't roost this bird the night before, but I've heard this bird in the preseason scout. I'm ready to go hunt. So okay. let's get started.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. All right. You hear gobble in the distance.
1: Okay. I like where this is going.
0: <laughs> he continues to gobble as the morning proceeds. What do you do? Yeah. You get so, out to this new area. You just hear him gobble. What's, yeah. what's your plan of action? So, man, it,
1: um he starts gobbling in the tree. Um, I'm going to go try to get tight with him. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of factors will go into just how tight you can get to a bird. Mm-hmm. But, man, um 100 yards is is a good start. You know, I think about mine and Josh's bird um, that we hunted together. I think we're about 115, 120 mm-hmm. from him on the limb. He was kind of gobbling his face off. He was yeah. hammering. Yeah, hammering. Uh, and he was yeah, they're still up in the tree. He this was up in the before tree. Flight. Yeah, yeah. So this okay. is early. Like in I, sun, that bird might have started gobbling like 550, I think. Uh, yeah,
0: I think it was like 552 was first gobbling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so,
1: um, man, we just closed the distance. And he was, um, he was, was, he was on... It was kind of a weird walk that we had to make. As a crow flies, he was probably 400 yards, but we didn't have to make some, um, like a 90 degree mm-hmm. turn. So we walked 400 yards to us and then probably, um three, probably, yeah, 250 two, or three um to get to him. So okay. like we're set up on the edge of this, um kind of on this wood line. Um, And this bird is gobbling pretty good. So we're in great position. We didn't spoke him coming in. Um, you know, for me, I like to feel like I'm kind of a conservative hunter in this respect. Where, like, man, if I'm hunting a ridgetop, um, in the Washtags or the Ozarks and man, those dadgum oak leaves haven't been wet in two months. And it sounds like I'm walking on cornflakes, man. I just, I don't want to spook a bird because I'm trying to walk a hundred yards from this turkey. Mm. So I might be 180 yards from this turkey or mm. 200 yards from this turkey. Mm. Um, it just changes, you know, where we were, we had a great position that bird was not going to see us. Mm-mm. You know, there was a lot of grass that we walked on. He wasn't going to hear us. So we were able to slip in there and, and, and really not make much noise. Followed a wood line the whole time. Right. Stayed and, inside the woods. But man, you get in these open, these open ridges, and man, these birds can pick you. Like I think about these pine plantations that I kind of grew up hunting in. Um, a lot of them are managed really well, um, but they're just kind of open. So it kind of makes it tough to really to really get that last 60, 70 yards and go from 170 yards to 100 yards or 90 yards. right? Um, you know, I don't really set up. 80 yards is awful close for me. And I got buddies that'll do like 60. Man. That's just aggressive. Yeah. I, I, You know, I, I I don't like to really get that close. And you're,
2: you're relying on them. You're, you're relying on you being so stealthy that you can sneak up that close when in reality, like, I feel like that's pretty hard to do because yeah. birds can and man, see and, so well. And, and
1: so it's like, You know, in my head is like, okay, can I do that 50% of the time? Maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: But like I'm boogering up turkeys. Yeah. uh, The Mm -hmm. other 50. And so, like I said, like I said, I roll with some killers. So I'm not going to question the way they do it, you know, but uh, man, sixty's a little close for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like I said, sometimes, sometimes with that, you know, if there's a sandy roadbed and it's like a, you know, the steep trees that there's no way he's going to see you, maybe you do get 60. And Mm -hmm. he pitches out into that roadbed and he walks the rest of the way. And, I mean you can shoot him without taking a step pretty mm-hmm. much you yeah know? so um it, it just all comes into um, each situation but ultimately I don't want to spook the bird right so like I'll give 40 50 yards you' um, go on the conservative the side yeah mm-hmm. gotcha um from there man once we're set up I do very little calling uh while while a bird is 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 in the tree still um, I'm gonna let that bird gobble what um, do you
0: mean by very little
1: well so number one um, like m- most situations I do not. Right. So you don't call at all. I, while he's in the tree. While he's in the tree. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times birds can tell, like if he's up in the tree and I'm 25, 30 feet below him on the ground, I think they can tell, mm. you know I mean? Cause that hen's supposed to be in the tree too. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. And a lot of times the hens will fly down first, which does put you, um, in a good position cause that's when I will start calling. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, man, I really don't talk to birds, um, when he's in the tree and then while I'm acting like a hen that's in the tree. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that kind of goes into a couple more calls, which it's it's not doesn't go into too far depth, but um a hen and actually um I believe males will do this too. It's called a tree yelp. Just real soft. Okay. Real, mm-hmm. real soft. We did it actually mm-hmm. on that bird. Like I said, rarely do, but um I felt it was we could get away with it that day. And uh boy it worked. But uh <laughs> <laughs> didn't it? man. But yeah, so um you know it it comes time, and this just takes being under birds to learn how long a bird is going to gobble before he flies down. Mm-hmm. but man, usually it's about 25 minutes, okay um, 20 minutes um, and those hens will usually fly down about five minutes before that, okay. and so um, that's when i'm when I may start doing some calling, right so I'm gonna act like a hen on the ground, um, try to call him to me and have him pitch down to us, yeah, right and what and does so, that
0: sound like? Can you give us an example?
1: Um, So that can be, so that can just be like your clucks. So um, just like a one note. It's kind of like a mid-range call, Um, just clucks. So it'd be like one note there and then followed up with pop, pop, pop. Real quiet. Yeah. I like to call real quiet. You learned that Mm -hmm. when you're hunting with me.
0: Way, like literally how loud I was calling, like a quarter of it. And man, you
1: can, you can change it for, like, if you need to go reach a bird that's way out there, bring your volume up. Yeah. I mean, if you got a bird 120 yards from you, he can hear it, I promise you. Really? Okay. He can hear it, and so, um, so, so for calling it when he asks, like what type of calls I do before he flies down. Um, you know, soft clucks and then that yell, yelp, Yup, yep, 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 just real quiet. Um, I usually keep it pretty simple in the front. I'm just trying to let this turkey know that hey, there's a hen over here, right, and she's ready to rock. Okay, so what you talking about? Yeah, you know, right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, what happens after that?
0: All right, turkey gets down. And he gobbles. Okay. He's about 100 yards away from you. Yeah. He's on the ground now.
1: Yeah. So you're just basically recreating what, what happened yeah. when we were hunting Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. so, so
0: he doesn't gobble now. <laughs> and you don't know how to tune into the drumming. Changing up the scene. Yeah. So how so, often do you call? So
1: you just listened to the Ozark podcast and you learned about drumming. And so now you tune into the drumming. There and you, you figure go. out exactly. where he's at. There exactly. you go. So right. yeah. So, um, so let's say a bird gets down and, and, and he's not got one right um are there do we know if there's other turkeys with him is there hens with him Um, say there's not he's by himself
0: yeah i don't know
1: he's gonna come right on in (laughs) no 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 no. i'm just kidding (laughs) because they'll hang up man i mean there can be we kind of talked about it um man there can be topo features that will make him hang up i've had i've had birds hang up over a creek that's literally as wide as this table Mm -hmm. but they will not cross it right and then I've also had them hop it and I've had them come through a barbed wire fence, tearing their feathers up to come get killed, yeah, you know, get their yeah. head shot off. But, <laughs> uh, man, they're just, there's, it just depends on where they're at. And and I think that kind of goes towards, um, I, I hear one of my favorite turkey hunters named Will Primos, Primos, okay. calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks about taking a turkey's temperature, right? And so, so, um, you know, assessing what that turkey is doing, you know, how much he's gobbling, how he's responding to my calls and honestly just kind of mirroring what what's happening there. So... You know, in this case where this bird had been gobbling, he flies down, he kind of gets quiet. I'll make some calls. You know, it mm-hmm. might be every 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be pretty soft. Um, I'm not going to move. I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to be listening for drumming, um, some kind of spitting, um, crunching leaves. Um, but if this bird's not gobbling, I'm not going to overcall. right? Okay. And I'm not going to bring my volume up, Um yeah, taking his temperature like Mister yeah. Fremont
2: said. Yeah, just seeing what he's doing. Yeah, right we're on the flip side of see. it,
1: right? Um, I think about how that bird was hammering, right? Like that Kansas bird. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hammering, and I'm going to mirror that, right? Like I'm going to hit some more clucks and some yelps. Um, you know, you do want to keep your volume pretty consistent, right? Like you don't want to just shriek at him. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe you can call a little bit more. Um, you can do some excited yelps, kind of uh, longer notes, maybe uh, make it nine or ten notes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some You want to show us calls. what
2: some of those sound like? I know you got your yeah. calls here with us. and Yeah,
1: so, um, yeah, we can go through a couple of the calls. So
2: And these are, so you're pulling out a mouth call yeah, right Yeah, there.
1: so, um, yeah, this is like my call pouch here. I've got several different mouth calls. A lot of them have some uh, different cuts to them. Like there's a se- several reeds laid over. So uh, here's kind of a look at what we got. So this is a two-read uh, mouth call here. Okay. Um, this is called a bat wing cut.
2: Okay, gotcha
1: pretty good pretty good call it it can get pretty soft um and then it, you can do like some clucks on it as well okay some birds, so um let's so just just kind of talk about a sequence um you know of of maybe how i would call to a bird that um hmm, it's just kind of medium temperature right okay. like he's not he's not cold but he's not fired up mm-hmm. so yeah Man, it's just that that kind of small of a sequence, right? Just let him know you're there. You know, it's it's just a just a couple clucks. Uh, might throw a purr in there. I don't purr just too terribly much. Sorry, yeah. put the call in my mouth and kind yeah. of mumbled a little bit. <laughs> so um, I'll throw in some purrs too. I do that less often, um, um, but you know, you're gonna have some clucks, um, some yelps, and some purrs. Like I said, um, those purrs will be like when that bird's in close, um, and man, you can really really kind of finish them off with those just soft soft Mm -hmm. yeah And man that's like that's like every 10 minutes right so um you know you don't want to overkill you don't want to call too loud yeah um so
2: that right there was a sequence and then and you would do that about every 10 minutes yeah and
1: and and once again you're taking their temperature right like okay. it's a feedback right so like i'm calling this turkey and he's talking back to me or letting me know what's going on you gotcha. know he, he may gobble he may um uh, you know start drumming start spitting he may go into strut you know i might be able to see him you know around the corner um and just kind of seeing how he's responding to it um you know one of the things i like to do with a with a hung up turkey and this is classic like Obviously, I didn't come up with this. My dad taught it to me. And, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's common amongst turkey hunters. They'll do it, especially if there's two people hunting, right? You got a shooter in the front. Um, and of course, there's the collar right next to him. And then that bird's hung up about 80, 90, 100 yards. A lot of times that collar will fall back about 30 or 40 yards. Um, and just almost kind of sound like a hen walking away. Like she's losing interest, right? She's talking, but she's, she's walking away. And so, uh, start making that noise man i actually caught up my buddy's first bird in college um doing that really? and man it, it was it was awesome it was great so like um just like i had, had described i mean hung up at 100 yards um gobbled pretty good we got only about mid-morning gobbled pretty good um we're, we're sitting right beside each other and uh man I, i'm thinking it's a done deal and I, I think he was by himself just for some reason he was just hung up he wasn't mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. man i fall back about 40 yards and Give it a couple more yelps, a couple more cuts and clucks. And um, he got his first bird, man. It That's was awesome. <laughs> awesome, dude. It was great. That's it, so cool. I, I, love, I love being there for people's first birds. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were on a youth hunt, Arkansas youth hunt last weekend. No, two weekends ago, whenever the youth hunt was. Man, we got to kill two birds in two days. Two youth that had never killed birds before. No, and way. Like, dude. It was incredible. That is cool. um, I put up a short, like, uh, you know, video, like recap of what it was. I'm not a very good film, film guy, but I tried, you know. And um, it turned out it was. I feel like it's entertaining. You know, it's funny to watch. These kids are like shaking, man. They're so fired up Mm -hmm. about killing turkeys and, um, yeah. That actually, so like the boy we took, he hammered his bird. Um, He actually made an awesome shot on this bird. Um, Bird actually had spooked, and uh, he was headed out. And the Joker, no way, dude, eleven year old kid. Um, Then we took. his his sister that next day she missed a bird about 30 35 yards. Um, dude these birds were hot. Actually two birds mm. came in. And they were hammer, hammering hammering. And uh with the fist. <laughs> yeah dude, they were hammering and uh she misses about 35 and you know she could tell you could tell she was kind of down. I think she kind of rushed it like Mm. she'd never shot a shotgun before mm. right so like that's so like we're a lot of firsts. yeah we're the one carrying the gun around right yeah. like we're like we're holding the guns like, yeah. just for gun safety yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so she misses her first bird and like you know how it is like you often don't get an opportunity in that same day right no man we look back around these same two turkeys and she kills the one she misses <laughs> <laughs> no way it was incredible it was incredible these birds absolutely Ripped it all morning until one of them died and then the other one ran off. That's but amazing. It was, it was incredible. It was, it was one of the best, best hunts. And man, I got to film it. Um, mm-hmm. I got the, I got the miss on film, right? Yeah. Um, didn't get the kill on film. They had to like, kind of like make this crazy aggressive move. And this bird walks by at about 45 and she hammers him. So it's like, like redemption shot for this, right? this gal. Huge. You know, it's like, it, it was, it was, it was awesome. Like I said, first birds for these, these two kids and. Um, you know, thinking back on my buddy's first bird and getting to call that one up. And yeah. it's just, I love doing it. Man,
2: that's what's crazy to me about turkey hunting is like there's sometimes where you have something like that where it's like, oh, well, turkey hunting's easy because she shot it and missed, but then it came back around and then she was able to kill it uh, like with her first time hunting. But then you have sometimes where it's like it's tough and they're hung up and they're not coming in and you haven't seen birds all week and it's just like a difficult thing. But uh, it just feels like that's how turkey hunting is. Like, man, it's on the day. always a
1: challenge. You always have to be on your game, right? Like even in the best scenario where it worked out for me and launch launch here, mm-hmm. um, we did everything right that morning, and he and he he also cooperated. Like that bird cooperated. Mm-hmm. I mean, he read the script. He was the movie star. Yeah. Um, for about <laughs> five minutes there before he died. Yeah. It <laughs> but um, man, it, it's always a challenge. You always have to be prepared, motivated. You know, I always say, luck favors the prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's turkey hunting, yeah. right? Like it's always going to be a challenge. Sometimes the birds might cooperate. Mm-hmm. Usually, probably not going to. I think, um, I think a lot of like our success for that youth hunt was, like I said, the preseason scouting, the location. Man, we were just around birds. Yeah, you know, and it, that's always enjoyable when you're taking kids because sometimes that focus can kind of fall off. No, you know, yeah. and, and and I will say, man, these kids are great. They were locked in all weekend, and and like it's it's not a bad thing if a kid loses focus. You know, like. Just go to Waffle House. Like, yeah. I get it. Right. You know, like, like you know, sometimes it's just a little boring. Don't make them suffer through that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, um, a, a lot of people, let them kind of get a little older before they have to grind out a turkey and like really, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, absolutely. But we, man, that was such a, a great experience. I think mostly because of, because of we had birds, you know, we had birds to hunt for these kids. So. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. All right, next question. Next scenario. Scenario number two turkey spots you all right you're not with these kids and they don't loop around and you don't kill them. (laughs) what happens do you see a turkey spook from you what do you go home no i'm kidding
1: (laughs) man so so um first of all let me say it's easy for a turkey to spot you right like um i don't know what y'all's experiences have been but man turkey's vision is incredible yeah um especially their ability to spot movement you know um Number one, they see color, right? That's why we don't wear orange when we're hunting you know, mm. hunting turkeys. Um, they see color. And interestingly, um, a turkey turkey has, like, if you've heard of rods and cones in a human's eye, that's yeah. how we gather light and gather color to create the full image that we have and yeah. what we see. Um, so, you know, our vision's pretty good, 20-20 vision. Um, we have pretty sharp vision. A turkey has, like, another set of cones um, to gather, like, more color mm. or, like, it's almost like I'm not sure if they see like an extra color. Right. Um but it's actually been studied that they can kind of see some waves of like ultraviolet light. Okay, hmm. gotcha. And so man there's something there and I I mean I can I can attest to this. I think about a bird that spooked on me one time. I was perfectly still. I didn't move. This bird came in, he's crunching leaves running towards me. You know, it's it's actually late afternoon. And, man, he comes out in the clearing at 40 yards. And as soon as I see him, he sees me. Mm. And I didn't move. I'm I'm sat down. Mm. I'm set up. Like, I'm locked in. Man, he just saw me. Yeah. And man, he took tail and ran just as oh, quick man. as he got in there. Man, they're seeing something else that we can't see. Right. You know, and so um, their vision is incredible. On top of that, they have something called uh, monocular vision, right? So, like, the way their eyes are on the side of their head. They can see 270 degrees, mm. almost 300 degrees, I believe, around. So, okay. I mean, yeah. their, brain is, their brain is processing, right, information on the right side of the world from their head and the left side of the world and putting it together and processing all that, right? That's so crazy. like, It's just incredible, yeah. right? So, they see you all the time if you're moving. Right.
2: right? Yeah, just don't move.
1: <laughs> Be still. Get camoed in. Tuck be quiet, tuck in, and get quiet. Right. What kind of it.
2: camo are you using? Are you like because I know a lot of people might use like a ghillie suit or something like that. Do you go that hardcore with man? Camo? So,
1: um, um, when you're setting up on a turkey, cover every inch of your body. Okay. Right. Um, I actually um face mask. Right. So like my face net comes up to here. Can I tell a quick story real quick? Yeah. This is like a pointless story, but like you see these like red dots here on my cheeks here.
2: Okay. Yeah. So
1: I drew a. Uh, a permit for a public land place me and my dad went we get in there and like we had to wear face nets our face mask up the whole time because these gnats like like the i think of like the biblical plague came through (laughs) this place (laughs) and these gnats are just absolutely swarming us and uh i got all these like little pop marks on my face and i think i told you my dad like he had like an actual reaction Mm -hmm. like his face his eyes like swelled all the way shut what the heck dude it was was crazy i'll show you all a picture yeah it's it's incredible um, but yeah, uh, concealment is key okay. gloves. Uh, pretty much the only thing that's shown on my body when I'm camoed out or my uh, thumb and my index finger, um, like to like run my phone, like while I'm watching the math oh, and then okay. obviously, you know, just, uh, messing around with your gun, right. and, you know, clicking mm-hmm. safety's off, pulling
2: trigger, stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. Um,
1: but, man, you want to cover everything. Yeah, and um, you're
2: using face paint and stuff, too, around your eyes and uh, stuff. I don't,
1: I don't really do that. I have my, my hat down low, so I feel okay. like it throws a pretty good shadow down. Okay. And then, like I said, my my turkey mask comes up over the bridge of my nose. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally where these red dots are, like, all you can see on my face. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, it, that was a wild experience. Like I said, my dad's okay now, but yeah. it was, like, it's kind of touch and go for a second. <laughs> like, I was just telling my dad, I was like, man, I'm going to have to, like – Keep an EpiPen in your turkey mm-hmm. vest from here yeah, on out whenever you go hunting. Dude. But, um, yeah, so, uh, number one, with me, like I said, you want to cover every part of your body. I actually do have a leafy suit top. Okay. I kind of like it. Yeah. I think it blends well. I don't really wear the bottoms. Yeah. Um, you know, just just a good camo pattern that, um, you know, is, is going to resemble something like the background of where you're hunting, mm-hmm. you know, so um, maybe I'm less likely to wear a lot of green, you um, on my pants when i'm in hunting in texas gotcha. you know like, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of grays out mm-hmm. there And so like i think about like you know this would this will suffice you right. know yeah.
2: um just consider your background consider yeah do they see outlines like deer do i mean are they looking like the leafy i would think would break up your outline the,
1: i think the leafy does a good job of okay. uh, breaking out that breaking up the outline i'm actually new to the leafy top okay. but um, i like it so far yeah um yeah i think it does a good job. Um, talking about being able to break out outlines this is another uh jab at you deer hunters okay um that uh, i forget who has the quote but it's like um you know to to a deer every deer hunter is a stump but to every turkey every stump is a turkey hunter right so like they're just on edge yeah. right like every little silhouette they're like locked in on yeah um but it, no it's seriously back to the original like is like these turkeys seeing you man they're just so you know, people call them smart, and they are. I mean, like you know, they have some they have some patterns about them that um are just hard to catch up on. You know, and it, it takes a lifetime to be a an efficient killer. You know, and and you'll still get fooled by them mm-hmm. by the end of in your prime. Yeah. You know, um, but that being said, man, they're just skittish about everything, right? And so, so they're looking the whole time. They're processing all that data that they're catching through their eyes, their ears. They don't even have ears. They, but they can hear super well, hmm. you know, okay, um, which is why I like to call super soft, you know. Hmm. When you say um, they don't
2: have ears, you mean they just have those holes, okay? Like, they just in, got in, holes, okay? They yeah. can hear like other, you know, the, the calls and they're listening, but oh, yeah, yeah. And, they, and
1: then, you know, the, like if you see a bird, he'll have uh, it's almost like, you know, like the inside of your nose hairs, <laughs> okay? It's yeah. kind of what it looks like in his ear, I gotcha, now, you, hmm. know, so. um, yeah, so, um, you know. So, yeah, so, you know. That being said, turkeys will spot you. Turkeys are going to spot you, right? So um, I think you need to kind of take into account all the things that are happening when that turkey sees you, right? So, um, you know, are we on a road with our binoculars up, spot glassing turkeys, right? Are we 300 yards away from a in a truck? You know, if he sees you then, it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. He's not really worried about a truck because he sees trucks all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to pop out and him see a, a human walking down the road because man that just freaks him out yeah right so you just gotta you gotta take into account that um you know if this is something he's used to seeing like a truck sitting on a highway then it's not that big of a deal right but you know if we're in the woods and we're tromping through we're calling we're trying to strike up a turkey nothing's gobbling all of a sudden we walk up on a long beard and he sees us maybe he flies maybe he runs um might want to go get on another bird (laughs) yeah okay man it's tough it's tough because because i think when they see people it's just a whole nother game Mm -hmm. you know back to that youth hunt when that girl missed he never saw us Mm. there was just a loud bang Yeah, (laughs) like he didn't know what Uh, the heck was going on right mm -hmm. and so he actually man he like uh you can see in the video she shoots and uh he like kind of like steps back and then he gobbles oh (laughs) <laughs> and no he kind of yeah he walks off into, the, into uh, in the woods off the road there and he's man he's just hanging around my my buddy actually gets super aggressive on mouth call just pop 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 pop, pop, yop, 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 pop, pop, pop and I'm calling too uh, we're just making a racket mm-hmm. and, and they're still fired up they're still hammering I mean they're still going um, now Granted, they didn't just walk right back in, right, because right. something's off, yeah. right? Yeah. But they didn't know what was going on.
2: For all they know, a tree fell down or right. something. They're right, right. Like, I mean, it was something big, mm-hmm. but,
1: um, you know, it wasn't enough to make them fly, make them uh, run off, gotcha. you know, all the way. Like I said, we did have to put a move on them to kind of finish it off. We got mm-hmm. out in front of them and uh, finish them off that way. So so obviously, you know, all indications showed that they were educated at that point. Yeah. But, you know, just because, you know, your hunt doesn't work out, um, you know, on that front end doesn't mean that. They've like, oh yeah, I've spotted a human. I gotta get the heck out of here. Right. Like I said, that being said, man, if you're walking through the woods making hen calls, um, and one walks up on you, they're gonna roll. Yeah. For the, the most part. part. I haven't had much success. Um, after I've spooked a bird, for the most part, I go get on another bird. Gotcha. You know, I go find somewhere. And and I think that goes back to how important I believe it is not to call to turkeys before turkey season. Yeah. <laughs> because right? I Hammer it that home. it happens, man. Yeah. And and and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not here to argue with anybody that would have something else to say, but the truth is it's just not best for, for, for hunters as a whole. It doesn't create a better hunt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and man. For anybody. It, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and as, as well as we all know in Arkansas, man, the turkey hunt is tough. Yeah, it is. Like it's hard. Yeah. And, and we don't and need to make it. it's short. Any, it's short. And, and, and we don't need to make it any harder by yelping at turkey. Like I just imagine, like, cause I've seen this a thousand times.
0: I'm guilty of it.
1: <laughs> yeah hey and and man, so like like I'm not here to make fun of anybody or like get on anybody, but just be willing to learn from it, because man, I think about like things that I've learned that I was absolutely doing wrong, like not just in turkey hunting, but all types of hunting, right, yeah. but like i I sit there and think about it, and I'm like, yeah, that is not best practice, yeah, you know? and so in my head, I can just picture people rolling up to their spot, their access gate, and hanging that box call out the window, you know, just yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then no gobble and they just take off driving, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like no turkeys. no turkeys here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so so man, it just even even doing that in season, right? Don't call from the truck, man. Mm. Walk off 250 yards there. Get a spot where, where a hen would be, you know. Um not, I'm not saying a hen can't cross a road, but uh, you know, she's not gonna be ready to breed, ready to uh take on a tom after after you just hear gravel popping right by. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. mm. you gotta create a scenario that that a long beard would want to come into, right? But mm-hmm. like if he hears gravel popping down the road and then the door slams shut and then yelp, 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 he's not going to come into that. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to create something that that, that 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 long beard is going to fall for.
3: Yeah,
2: absolutely. That does yeah. make sense. Makes
1: me
0: feel a
2: lot dumber. No, here man, here this way. <laughs> dude, exactly.
1: And you learn from it and, and because, you know, it's what it is. It's because it takes that focus and that effort and that motivation being ready to hop out of the truck every single time and give it your all,
0: right? And it's tough to do. That's the that's the coolest thing I think I've heard you say so far. It's how you take it, how your dad kind of taught you is if I'm going to do it, this is what we're here to do. Yeah, we ain't going to Waffle House, we ain't doing this. Right, we're here to hunt. We're going to hunt hard. We're going to give it our all. Yeah, man.
1: Well, like like I said, we're for the most part sun up, sundown. Like I said, any anytime you can get in the woods is the best time, mm-hmm. right? So like if you have things going on um, in your day, I get it. Yeah. You know, um, hey, we we got we're going to hunt till eight thirty. We're going to go to church afterward. That's awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. We did that every Sunday growing up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. But, you know. it's a way to
0: spend your morning.
1: Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, if if you're there to hunt, go hunt and give it your all. You Mm -hmm. know, and and even, you know, at the end of the day, whenever uh, you hop out the truck and you're ready to make a call and you find yourself walking 40 yards instead of 150 yards from the truck, you know what I'm saying? Just Mm -hmm. like, just kind of think about that effort that you're putting forth. And, um, you know, it it might be the difference that kills a bird, you know.
2: I bet it is, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's tough, man. There's so
1: many factors, and it's easy to overthink it. Um, You know, just worry about um, all these little details. And that's kind of what I tell people um, when people are are, are just starting to get into hunting, turkey hunting um, in this case. um, You know, just find a system that's simple, that you do well, Hmm. that consists of, you know, where you're hunting at, being around birds, Mm -hmm. how you're accessing the property, um, the type of call that you use. You know it's it's tough. Like I, like we have we have four four calls out here. Right. I've got more in my vest. I've got yeah. I've got other calls in my vest as well. Um, but it's just tough for someone new to get into turkey hunting and just be proficient at all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say even if it's a pot call where I talked about, it's a little more movement mm-hmm. and you can't get away. You get it's just a little tougher to get away with it. If if you're good at a pot call, if, if you can scratch out a nice little sound on a pot call, do that and be mm-hmm. good at it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let your call and be a reason that a turkey is spooked, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so many reasons a turkey hunt can go wrong. Don't let anything that you do be the cause of that. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, if it's a mouth call, if, if you feel like I always tell people, um, to me it seems like one of the easier mouth calls to get started on and just make a basic sound with is um, it's it's like a it's called a V cut. Um, okay so so you know for anybody looking for a mouth call just a cut's got a good or aspy sound to it don't have to get too loud on it i think it's a good starter point you can call up and kill turkey's doing it yeah um but yeah just find a call that that um uh, that works for you and get good at it and and find that system um, yeah that, that you can hunt with uh,
2: to that point you're so you you've got a couple different calls here laid out um some of the pros and cons of each, if you don't mind just going through. Obviously, with the mouth call, you don't have a lot of movement. You can hold on to your gun the whole time. But talk me through when you might use one in one scenario or what the pros and cons of Yeah, so card. that
1: mouth call is probably my, that's like, uh, that's the one that I, majority of turkeys I kill are with my mouth call, especially if I'm hunting by myself or if I'm the shooter, you know, just because okay. it's no movement, right? Like I got my face mask up. And my mouth can, like, my lips are, are moving quite a bit, but the face mask is covering it. Right. right. So um, mouth calls far and away what I kill most turkeys with. That being said, if you aren't proficient in a mouth call yet, grab a pot call, grab a box call, and just find something you can make a great sound with, consistent mm. sound with. Um, next is this pot call. It consists of, um, oh, sorry. It's a type of pot friction. Pot
0: call. You say pot call. Is that a slate call? Same thing. So
1: <laughs> this is glass. Okay. So um, a pot call is a type of friction call. Um, kind of the pot. It's usually circular um, with a type of material laid over the top of it. Yeah. Next consists of like often uh, a wooden striker. There's mm-hmm. some acrylic strikers out there. Okay. There's some different materials to use. Um, wooden is uh, kind of the most common. Yeah. Um, this one is glass. Like I said, this material that I, that I lay, um, you know, make contact with is glass. Um, I also do have slate as well. Um, you know, this is a call that I feel like you can make a lot of good sounds with. Um, if I'm calling for other people and I don't have a gun on me, um, and we're in close with a turkey, a slate call or a glass call, pot call is, is a good option. Um, I feel like you can make quieter noises more consistently. You can do that purr, you can do that cluck, you can do that yelp. Um, so, you know, like I said, if it means that this is the call that you use your new turkey hunter and this is the call that you use and you're moving a little bit more so be it you okay. know it's so like so maybe you call a little bit less right so like once he hits 60 yards maybe you're not calling as much mm-hmm. you know because it does take some movement um and, and you need to understand that um but if that's your sound that you're making to attract turkeys then then roll with it and yeah. own it so yeah um so yeah uh the friction call um and then this one will also get pretty loud so you know a lot of times i can i can uh, like whenever the wind gets gets high like the other day gosh on saturday it was like 25 mile an hour gusts yeah it was i mean it was incredible yeah and i uh, mean you couldn't hear a turkey gobble 120 yards away okay. right like it was yeah. not a good day to turkey yeah man. but hey we were out there and we gave it all but um you know this has that high-pitched kind of trebly sound that i feel like pierces through the pierces through the wind mm. kind of goes over um you know several different types of landscapes pretty well mm. um you can strike birds with this okay um And then also, so like another type of friction call um, being a box call. um, This one is, uh, this one's actually kind of unique. I'm going to stop hitting that microphone. (laughs) You're good, man. Um, This one's actually kind of unique. This is like a magnet um, in the way it hooks up. It's really not even that expensive. It's like $35. Um, But yeah, this one also, it can get pretty loud. I mainly just Yelp on it. It's pretty good at striking up gobbles, right? It's like midday, call it prospecting, right? Like we're walking around the woods um, you know our, our our fly down hunt didn't work. Uh, we're walking around. We're trying to strike up a gobble. Uh, this this might be what I use. Okay. Kind of in between this one and and um, and my, my pot call here. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you know you, another thing um, I guess can be important, and I feel like it can help you help you um, you know locate and kill some turkeys. Is, it's just called a locator call. Um, a lot of people do an owl hoot with their mouth yeah that's what my dad always did growing up he's a pretty good owl hooter so you know i i um i like to do it that being said i also have a crow call
2: okay yeah Um,
1: it can get pretty loud yeah um so so i would i would suggest like especially for your preseason scouting i'll usually carry around a crow call and then i'll owl hoot Mm -hmm. you know when i'm trying to strike up gobbles Mm -hmm. because that bird's just shot gobbling right like he's not going to walk into a an owl hoop, yeah, right? He's not going to come into it, right? Right. Um, but it, it'll get a gobble out of him, and so you know, if if you want to interact with birds before season, I mean, that's kind of my what my recommendation would mm, be. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I carry around a crow call, um, as well, and and I get some good success uh, with it. What I will say is, um, and this is something that maybe people don't really think about all the time. I think it's important to understand that, like, when you're set up on a bird and you're calling to him, like with your hen, like you sound like a hen, you're mm-hmm. yelping at her, him. And uh, he's not really answering, but you're like, man, I think he'll gobble at this crow call. Don't really do that. Right. Okay. So, so, so once you've given your position, right, you're sitting down at the base of this tree, and yeah. you're telling this gobbler, hey, I'm a hen over here. Yup, 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 you know. Yeah. He knows you're there. He knows your location. They say a turkey can pinpoint the tree that you're sitting on. I was going to ask
2: how accurate that they can hear. It, it really
1: is, okay. man. Just yesterday, I called up a hen. It was so cool, man. I, I love... That's another thing. If you want to be a good turkey caller, go listen to a hen yelping in the woods mm-hmm. because that's better than any kind of competition call that you could ever you could ever watch. Yeah. And, man, some of them actually don't sound that good, mm-hmm. right? Like, some of them are a little scratchy. Some of them, they just don't sound great. But at the end of the day, you can hear that just, like, nasally sound that they have, and you're like, that's turkey, you yeah. know? And there's no doubt about that. Right. Um, Man, I called up this hen. She was probably 220, 230 from me. I think I... um. I don't know if I was using my mouth call or my, my pot call with it, but, man, she – did you see my Snapchat yesterday uh, where I cut my sock? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was about to cut the sock to do, um, you know, use the bathroom out in the woods, but, mm-hmm. right, like, I had already cut my sock. I just hadn't pulled my britches down yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I'd already cut my sock up, and I was like, I'll just make a call real quick. And hit it. Like I said, I don't remember if I was using my mouth call or my, my pot call. Sure enough, she answers back, man. And then five minutes. She's 15 yards from me. No way. And, man, she's just putting on a show. I got some of it on video on my little, uh, my little video camera I have. Um, so I'm excited to, like, review that and mm-hmm. see what it sounds like. Just learn from it, right? Yeah. You can sound more like a turkey by doing that. Yeah. Um,
2: so you'll, like, you'll listen to a call that you got on your phone. And mimic it, right? And mimic it.
1: And like I said, you know, hen, any hen, any live hen is going to be better than um, any champion competition caller, but there's also some great callers out there. So um, you know, emulate them on YouTube too. Yeah. But man, those hens, they 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 sound like hens. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, um that's the real deal. Yeah. And 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 man that being said, just kind of pointing back to how that hen closed 220 to 15 yards, I made two calling sequences, and she had me pinned, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, she never boogered or anything. She finally kind of walked, worked off, and uh, I'm sitting there with my ripped-up sock, you know, ready to do my business. Yeah, I messed my britches. Yeah, man, I'm <laughs> just about to mess my britches. <laughs>
0: so that kind of leads us into kind of a concluding point. You're talking about people getting into hunting, talking about the different calls and anything. Um, let's talk public land turkey hunting. Someone wants to get into turkey hunting. They don't have land. Where do we even start? Do we go to the topography maps and start looking online in public land? Do we go knock doors? Where Where do we start from this? And are there kind of like rules kind of set in place that are understood gentlemen's rules like you have in golf or... Yeah, some etiquette. To yeah. It or something. yeah, yeah. man.
1: So at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, all about creating a, a good hunt for everybody, right? So like... If I'm if I make the pact not to be ruining other people's hunt, maybe they won't ruin my hunt. Right. Mm-hmm. And so so yes, there's definitely an etiquette to it. We'll get to that in a minute for sure. Definitely have like a lot of opinions on that. Right, yeah, I'm sure. Um being a public land hunter, just there's a lot of challenges already when people are doing all the right things. Um, so so don't don't make it harder by doing the wrong things, you know. And so, um, but but to get started on public land, first you need to understand. You have every right to that public land, right? Go buy you license, you know, um, and go hunt, you know. Find you a system that works for you and go hunt. It consists of, for me, um, before I ever step into a new place, I'm doing a lot of scouting. I know we've covered that three times now, but this yeah. is so important um, just to get an idea of, um, hey, I think a bird's going to be here. I think a bird's going to be here. Um, I think I can walk this finger ridge and maybe connect where two different birds are roosting so I can cover ground. Um, trying to find turkeys, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is all coming for the preseason, yeah, right? Before the right. season even comes in.
2: Will you not hunt a place that you don't have, uh, like if you don't hear a gobble or anything in the preseason, will you just say, I'm not even going to hunt it?
1: I'm, I'm less like less likely to hunt it. I'm okay. going to go somewhere where I heard a turkey, okay. right? So yeah. like I said, it's all about having confidence in the place that, that I go. You know, because me and Josh kind of talked about this yesterday, you know, the, the kind of like the sexy style of turkey hunting is run and gun. Right, like that's what everybody loves to say. Mm-hmm. Getting out there, um, you know, getting set up on a bird at roost, and if that don't work out, you hit the next spot, and the next spot, and the next spot, and the next spot. Um, And I love doing that. That's what makes our turkey hunting great. Yeah, and that's and that's that's what you can do on public land because there's so much out mm-hmm. there. You have so much access. Whereas otherwise, you got a 600 acre lease. You're just kind of you kind of yeah. You're kind of like stuck on 600 acres.
3: But,
1: yeah, man. I, I mean, I hunt places that are. I mean, the, the national forests are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres mm-hmm. everywhere. I think they're right?
2: all, all in, in the state of Arkansas, I think we got a couple million acres. Right, right, like, man.
1: It, it's out there, right? So that, that run and gun style is is fun, and that's what makes turkey hunting great. Um, but that being said, when it when it kind of hits the afternoon and things are kind of slowing down and birds aren't gobbling as much, I will go to a bottom where I have heard a turkey gobble during the preseason, and I'll hunt that bottom hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll sit on it all afternoon. Gotcha. Um. And and people say, "Oh, Brett, you're deer hunting them." You know that's that's not that's not turkey hunting. But man, it, it's it you're not. It's not like you're, you've climbed up in a tree and you can't move. You know, I mean, I so I'll get set up. I'll kind of find a spot where I think this birds gonna be strutting. I'll find some scratching where these you know maybe a flock of turkeys has been, mm-hmm. um, or or a single bird has kind of come through and been bugging around trying to get some food down in the bottom. And I'll set up and I'll wait for a gobble. I'll call a little bit, real quiet feel like a lot of times I use that pot call.
3: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. man,
1: it's just such a good range. Um And, man, a turkey will gobble. You know, I mean, he may only gobble once, but that's important, especially in the afternoon because, mm-hmm. man, a lot of times they're by themselves in the afternoon and they're ready to die. <laughs> you know, I, I mm-hmm. killed a bird um, in Arkansas last year. Um, didn't hear a bird all day. It had rained all day. But I'd gotten to a spot where I'd heard turkeys, a turkey roost, found this little bottom. I was like, man, this place is beautiful. A turkey will die here. And I was actually, it's funny. I was actually on FaceTime with my buddy. And I'm walking through the woods. And like, I, you know, I was coming from a, another spot where I'd been listening for birds or hunting birds. And uh, I was on FaceTime with him. And I like turned the camera around and said, hey, man, a bird's dying here tonight. And of course, like, I'm just talking trash, right? right? Like, yeah. like he, I'm not calling my shot. This is Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Can't kill him at will. But like, I was talking big game, you know. And it was, it was probably four o'clock. Um, I get settled in, man, I'm, I'm calling every now and again. I literally sat there for three hours, um, or two hours, 45 minutes, pretty much, um, without a sound. Right. But I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, relaxed, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out, posted by a Mm -hmm. tree, drinking a bottle of water. 6.45 comes around. I let out that call. Ow! He hammers. He's up on the hill. He's headed to roost where I'd heard him. Okay. Like he's headed to bed. Yeah. You know, um. And and it's not in my direction. I hit it again. I call again. I made actually a pretty aggressive sound. I think I was actually my mouth call is what I used. Okay. I kind of turn my head over and yep yep
2: pop 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 yup, yep. And were you doing that every so often?
1: Well, so once he gobbled, so so yes before that before that yes I'm like let's call it every fifteen minutes. Okay. You know, and you can literally set a timer, right? Like, yeah, because the turkey doesn't have a timepiece. He don't know, <laughs> right? So like you can literally set a timer and uh, you know whatever you do whatever you have to do to to get to get that hunt, to get through that hunt and be comfortable. You know, you don't want to be miserable out there.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Finally, man, it's 6.45, he gobbles. And, you know, we talk about turkey range a lot of times, how far a turkey will cover in a day. He was covering some ground, right? I, I really believe that was the first time he had heard me. He was just coming through on up to bed, yeah. you know. Hmm. He was he was Going pecking on. around, strutting in the bottom somewhere else. I I wasn't in the exact right spot. He just happened to be there on, on the way back to his roost. And, uh, man, I hit it once. Three minutes later, he's in my lap, and I shot him at, no you know, way. 35 yards. That and, quick? Yeah. That, was the, that is actually, that was the youngest, or I say youngest. It was a two-year-old bird. Like, it was a tall, yeah. you know, long beard. It was the smallest turkey I'd ever killed. He was, like, 15 pounds. Hmm. Little little bitty spurs. Like, his, his beard was, like, I don't know, it was, like, eight and a half inches or nine inches maybe. But, like, his spurs were, like, tiny. It was yeah. so funny. But. <laughs> Hey, that's what I, that's what I tell folks, uh, that kid, the first kid that killed that bird on the youth hunt, it was kind of a smaller bird and, uh, his sister killed an absolute beast. <laughs> this dude had a paintbrush, like this turkey is huge, but I, you know, so like, it's kind of a joke. You're like, well, you know, she killed a big one, but like man in turkey hunting, if it's a long beard, it's a big one, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a trophy, right? It don't matter if he's got half inch spurs or inch and a half spurs is a trophy. Yeah. Um. But that bird was just a product of, of, of getting started on public land, finding where that turkey wants to be, being in his wheelhouse, is what my buddy likes to call it, getting his wheelhouse. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just putting in the time to be there, right? Being able to slow things down, get away from that and gun style, which we all love. Mm-hmm. And you can kill tons of turkeys doing that, but sometimes you just got to be able to swap it up. Uh, whenever whenever the day kind of changes mm. into mid-afternoon, yeah. it'll slow it down. So um, it's that scouting is what it starts out with on public land. It's so important, so important. You want to get to your spot early on public land, you know, I, I think about how that relates to, like, duck hunting, right? And, like, I love duck hunting southeast Arkansas in the woods. Mm-hmm. And, like, my day starts at, like, midnight. I'm putting the boat in at midnight, and I'm yeah. sitting at the, at the stop, at the first stop. Man, it, it, it's not quite that crazy, but, like, I'm getting to my parking spot in Arkansas, at like two thirty in the morning, or three Holy o'clock in the morning. Smokes, yeah, I mean, because really? man, I if, if I have a turkey located there, I want that spot. Yeah, and and man, so here and this kind of goes into the next rule. It's kind of part of my code, and I hope people can like adopt this. Um, if somebody's parked at a parking spot on public land, move on to the next spot. Mm. Very rarely is a tract of land big enough to hunt two, three, mm. four cars, and and. I don't see it as bad in Arkansas. Man, when I go out of state Tennessee, there'll be like seven or eight cars parked on top of each other and we're covering three hundred and fifty acres. And mm, it's like, wow. man, this is bad. This yeah. is bad. People yeah, are set bad. up on these fields. It's how you get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like accidents happen that way. Um and, and then on top of that, it just makes the hunt not as good. You know, mm. like people are boogering each other up, people are crossing fields. Um goblins. Turkey, and it and it, it can it can mess up a hunt, you yeah. know. Um once so, they
2: get paranoid, I feel like there's just there's very little you can do to make them feel relaxed again. Yeah. And if someone else has got them boogered up like and they catch said, on to it. Yeah. Like
1: I said, I think a lot of times we get them credit, give them too much credit of how smart they are. Yeah. But they do catch on to a pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know, Marx comes around and that whole road's lined up with cars and then you see people walking with their flashlights down the road. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, they're figuring out what's going on. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's no question they, they're getting that pattern together um so yeah just respect other people's like if somebody else claims that spot if they're parked there let them have it man let them have that bird because because you'd want it right like right. if i if i was parked there first somebody came in on me i'd be really frustrated mm-hmm. you know and so um in, in that being said man if if it's a spot where it's like two thousand acres right like that you come across that more in the national forest like some big blocks yeah man maybe you have a conversation with that person and say hey I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have that first bird that gobbles in here. You were here first. I'm gonna let you have it. Um and I'll I'll go elsewhere from there. Mm-hmm. That that should be pretty rare though, because I, I think those kind of opportunities with parcels of land that big are pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So man, for the most part, somebody's parked on the spot, there's gonna be one turkey there. Move on. Yeah. You know, go find a bird elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've done your scouting, um, and and respect the person that's hunting there.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah so preseason scouting you're saying go on to the next bird go on to the next spot how many birds should you typically try and find managing here a baby?
1: yeah man yeah. like in, in like we all had busy lives right like mm-hmm. we're all doing things and you know we have families that we love and want to spend time with so it's like you know you go when you can but man I remember man back in the day back back in back in my day yeah right yeah. like um <laughs> man we'd had We'd have spots like we'd have like twenty four birds located before season. And wow. It was like holy cow. Like this is in Arkansas, man. Yeah. And it's like that's that is good stuff. Yeah, right. And we don't really have that anymore. Um, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to 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 get that number. And I think it's kind of a reflection of where our population's at. I think I think we are turning it around, but we're just not quite there yet. Mm, yeah. yeah, our golden golden age. We're doing some regu- some new regulations. It makes the hunting tougher, but I think our population's improving. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, find as many birds if it's, if it's six, seven birds, that's a good start. Right. I mean, like you got all this public land, you can go spend some, figure out how that bird is, is acting and go get in there tight with him. Don't spoke him, but put the mm. time in there and get you a bird.
2: Yeah. I got, I've got one for you. Um, and this is specific to me. So I, I haven't done the preseason scouting. So I'm already, like, not doing it right, okay?
1: Man, at, so, and then let me confess as well. My preseason scouting this year was was pretty poor, right? Okay. So, like, um um I was in the hospital uh, early part of March. Uh, went out of state to a couple of places, and then we did the youth hunt. Yeah. So I only got to listen probably, I don't know, probably five or nah, three, four mornings, I okay. guess. Had a couple of birds located, but not many. Yeah. Um. And so I, I haven't killed a bird in Arkansas yet. Man, yeah. that's a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I this year was just kind of tough for me. Um, you know, I've been able to hunt a, a little bit, but um, it's that preseason scouting and it's all the difference in the world.
2: Yeah. So, so for someone who hasn't done the scouting and, and now it's, you know, so a lot of the Ozarks have falling to zone two, which goes through May 8th. I think the season goes through. And um, I've got a – it's private land that I'm going to hunt. And there were turkeys there last year that I saw – um, and I and I got I got busted by one and I turned around and it was behind me at ten yards and there was nothing I could do. Oh, I'm sure man. there was something I could do, yeah. but just uh, cry. I, yeah, I was just like, golly, that was tough. Mm. Uh, but anyways, so I know there were turkeys there last year and I heard some gobbles there. Yeah, and I but I haven't done the scouting. So what what can I do now? Do I go back to that same spot or what should I do?
1: Yeah, so actually tomorrow I'm I'm going to a spot. I haven't heard a turkey yet this year because I hadn't been able to listen there this year. But year in and year out, I've killed. I think I've killed two birds there but every year there's turkeys there mm-hmm. and so so man that yes have a confidence in that because that's where turkeys roost there are turkey roosts right so like yeah. just traditionally where they like to be
2: just year-round they're roosting there um, pretty much um
1: annually okay. r- right so like um you know if a turkey roost was good in 2016 if the landscape hasn't changed too much right like obviously a logging crew can come and smoke the whole place, you yeah, know, just sure. hammer all of it. But, um, you know, if the landscape hasn't changed too much, you can have pretty good confidence that that's going to be a good roost for the next year and the next year and the next year. Even if that bird dies, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of times a turkey will move, kind of move into that general area. Got I'm you. not saying the exact same tree. Yeah. Might be, yeah. but – Um, yeah, a place that holds turkeys in the past is probably going to hold them, um, in the present and the future. So, there's a reason they're there. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think it's a mix of like, um, you know, they can get up in a tree and see. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a spot where, you know, it's close by to water or a place they like to strut. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've really talked, gone into, um, deep dive into like how i approach the topography mm. um especially on public lands. So this, yeah. this could be useful as well as like you know these birds a lot of times they'll kind of they'll kind of roost in some high spots and man a lot of times when i'm doing that scouting online i look for like a, a bench right so it's kind of a flat spot off yeah. of that main ridge where a bird will get down he'll walk that ridge down and then he'll strut on that little bench right like it might be 150 feet below where he roosted on yeah. that ridge top <laughs> And they just like to sit there. I mm. think they can see really well. Mm-hmm. I think that's where uh, maybe the hens like to scratch around and and, and grab food. Um, like I said, it's 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 uphill from the creek bottom, you know. So there's their water right there. A lot of people don't think about turkeys drinking water, Yeah, right? Right. Like everything's got to have water, right? Um, and you know we don't have any any shortage of water or trees, right? So it's, it's hard to like really focus in on that on, in Arkansas, yeah. right? But man, um, I really focus on those those benches off those main uh, ridge tops. Okay. Um, on top of that, like places where i can access multiple finger ridges like like i'll be on like the mother top right yeah, so like right. and then there's several finger ridges coming off so, i mean it's just a traffic area for turkeys yeah. right um so it's just a good starting point even if you don't know the first thing about it like i said hearing birds is, is best but like if you haven't heard them go somewhere where you think they might be yeah you know, or where you've seen a track or um you know some sign yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah you got my hopes up i want i'm Hoping to go back there this next weekend and apply some of the stuff yeah, um, man. that you've that you've talked me through. So going in there, kind of go take the temperature, get in there early, obviously. Yeah. Just listen for them, take the temperature, and, and then go from there pretty yeah. much. Yeah,
1: man, it, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to be calling, or, but like I said, just find a call that you feel comfortable in, yeah. you know, and like I said, that you know you can call a turkey up with. And, yeah. and he it might not happen, but you'll just know that it's not your fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mess it up, so... Um, you know, the reason I killed that turkey wasn't because I was moving too much mm. or because my call sounded bad. Yeah. Um,
2: I called that one in last year to 10 yards. It came in directly behind me. And so I don't, you know, I'm confident enough to know that my call worked. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, man. So I'll just do that A, a again. call works,
1: but, you know, it, a, a gobbler coming into a hen is backwards from the way the springtime mating works, right. right? Like yeah. in, in, in real world, springtime hits, and these hens are – Falling all over themselves to get to these strutting toms, right? Yeah. They're sitting That's how it the is, man. Yeah, is it like yeah. that for you? <laughs> Dude, incredible. I'm telling you, it's unreal. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but, but, you know, when you're turkey hunting, you have to create the exact opposite, yeah, right? It's so, like, tough. man, killing turkeys is tough. It's tough. Yeah, And and so you just got to have confidence in what you're doing, um, you know, and, and to be able to be successful in mm-hmm. doing that. And I think doing that on public land is, is an extra challenge. You know, man, if you're hunting private land, awesome. I want to get in a turkey lease so I can kill turkeys on private land. Like yeah. that's what I'll be looking for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to kill them on public land, it's it's a whole nother it's a whole another challenge for sure. And, um, you know, kind of back to that code that we talked about. There's just so many things that people just kind of have to be able to cooperate with each other with those rules, quote unquote mm-hmm. rules that I was talking about. There's just, just the way to act in the public turkey woods. Yeah. You right. know, um, you know, not not. Parking over the top of people and coming in on folks. Give people their space. Don't call it a turkeys before season. Yeah, I mean if you're hunting prior to private ground and you want to call it your turkeys before season, get after it. Yeah. I could care less. <laughs> man, any, I'm any, not any. hunting your turkeys, but <laughs> don't do it on public, yeah. especially. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, you know, it just em- embrace the challenge of killing turkeys, man. Like I said, it's hard.
2: Yeah. It's fun too, man, yeah, celebrate whenever they communicate with them. And yeah. it's just there's so much
0: to it that you don't yeah. get in a lot of other styles of hunting that I really like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So.
0: so, as we're kind of wrapping up, is there anything else that you kind of like to bring to the table? Any tips, any tricks, things you wish you'd learned sooner? Any questions we haven't asked? Anything yeah.
1: like that? Yeah. So, um, just real quick, it's, it's honestly, um, I'll kind of discuss decoys real quick and then um, discuss decoys almost as like a safety thing. This is kind of something that – recent events, really, but um, just starting with decoys. um, I have no problem with people who kill turkeys over decoys whatsoever. I find myself not carrying one most of the time because of um, just – I have trouble with – they're not as mobile as Mm -hmm. I'd like to be. right? So, like, just throwing a decoy over your shoulder all the time just kind of gets tough when you're covering a lot of ground. That being said, decoys can be super effective. Um, especially if you got a camera, right? So, like, if um, if you're running a camera trying to get some film, or if you got a kid or a new hunter that's kind of struggling with moving, um, like I think back to that story that I told you about with my first bird. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of made a move I wasn't supposed to make, um, but that turkey was already zoned into that ter- that uh, decoy, yeah. Um, and I got away with it. I think those can be useful, um, you know, in, especially if it's a confidence builder for you. You know, if like if if, if in your head. Um, this bird is not going to come in unless he sees something. Sees this hen sitting in the sitting in the middle of a, of an opening. Mm-hmm. I get that, yeah. right? So like, don't be afraid to use a decoy. Um, and in the same vein, I think about you know something that's gotten popular in the last several years is uh, fanning decoys, like uh, like so like mimicking a strutting tom, mm-hmm. right? So like the fans out and like it looks like a blowed up turkey. And what people do is uh, it's called a reaping. So like a lot of times, what a turkey will see when they see another strutting bird, uh, like in a field or something like that, they'll become aggressive and like bum rush that decoy mm-hmm, right, right, or like right. another tom. Okay. And so um, you know it's it's become a pretty really effective way to kill turkeys. Yeah, it I, I don't have yeah, it really is. It's it's it, it really is crazy. I don't have much experience with them. I'm not saying they're wrong. They are becoming outlawed in several states. Hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a new method, and it's effective. It doesn't always work, but it's pretty effective. That being said, uh, it can be dangerous, right? So, like, like imagine if a human is sitting behind a fan, walking through the middle of a field, they walk to that field edge, and they just get shot by somebody who's mm, hunting a turkey, yeah, right? Yeah. This mm. happened yesterday.
0: No In way. Tennessee.
1: Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so, man, somebody, somebody got shot in Tennessee. So, just be mindful. You know, I, I don't know the details of that situation. Yeah. Um, but let's just let's just assume that nobody was doing anything wrong or illegal, right? Like they were doing everything that they were supposed to be doing. Somebody still got shot. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's bad news.
1: So, man, just be safe. Like I said, I'm not I'm not going to down the fans. I, they're effective. If that's how you want to kill a turkey and it's legal, do it. Mm-hmm. But just be safe. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that on public land, especially like in states where turkey hunting is really really popular. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some states where really there's not a lot of turkey hunters. So if you want to take that risk. As as a physician, I'm not saying you should, but if you want to, whatever. <laughs> don't right? do it For if there's a truck right? in yeah, the parking lot. Yeah, left. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like just be careful and and be safe. Um, in, in that regard, you know, we we don't need people getting shot and getting hurt. Um, so just be safe in that that regard. So, um, and then also, man, I, Arkansas is at a, at a really interesting point to where our population isn't great. I feel like we're doing the right things. It's it's a challenge, man. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say we're in a great spot with our turkeys, but we're trying. We're getting better. Right. Um, so, man, anything you can do um, as a hunter, as a conservationist, right, that's something that's super important to me. How can I give back to the animals that I hunt, you know? Uh, Starting in Arkansas, I guess this actually started maybe like 17 or 18, they came out with a, with a turkey stamp. Hmm. Um, and so, basically, it's, I mean, you're giving them $9.50 in return for, a stamp of a turkey, right? Yeah, so kind of right. like the, the federal duck stamps and the state duck stamps. So, um, you know, that's something that they're going to take those funds and put them into creating better habitat, um, trying to get populations, uh, of turkeys better back in Arkansas. Yeah. Funding research from that. Um, so just consider that like, you know, we're hunting these turkeys, we're killing these turkeys, taking them off the landscape. So just consider doing your part to give back. Um, I don't have really private land to hunt. I'm looking hard for it in central Arkansas. Um, so that being said, when I get that, I'm gonna start trapping the fire out of the predators, right? Yeah. So like, get you some some dog proof traps, man. Yeah. Um, catch you some coons, um, some um, anything that All every cats, dude coyotes. every everything is trying to eat a turkey or a turkey egg. Yeah. Everything. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: So man, do you know do your part to try to try to you know make 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 that population better because the truth is we are taken from the resource. So let's do our part to get back put yeah. back mm. in um, back to it through the stamps. I think Mossy Oaks, uh, this is their first year they're doing a turkey stamp as Mm. well. So, you know, I mean, I'm not passing out the offering plates and begging for anybody's (laughs) money, right? But just consider it, you know, if it's something that we're passionate about, um, you know, Consider giving back to it. Yeah, so I think that's really important. Um, so maybe, maybe our kids can uh, go kill a bunch of gobblers one of these days. Yeah, one day. Yeah, and, that's, uh, I
2: think that's a big part of every. I mean, anything that you enjoy, if you want it to be around for a long time, yeah, man. At some point, you have to give back. You yeah. can't just take, take, take. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that can be. It's so easy to do as someone you're like, oh well, you know, I've only got so much time, and I can only yeah. do this on the weekend. So I'm going to go hunt and do all this stuff, and you don't think about. Giving back and donating to conservation and um, just pouring back into the things that, that make you know whatever activity you're doing, whether it's fishing or it's hunting or whatever it is, you got at some point give back. Yeah, I think that's a good place to. Yeah, and and hunt.
1: one more thing, I don't think a lot of people know about this. Like I said, I'm not a private landowner. Wish I was. Wish I had thousands of acres. Yeah, sure. I'm not. But people that are fortunate enough, blessed enough to have that kind of stuff, there is a free resource with the game and fish. Um, a biologist will come out to your land and tell you how to manage for turkeys manage for upland really? birds and and yeah, I've heard it, of that. it is a free resource because because the truth is AGFC has an interest in creating better habitat right, right. and so um, they have a they have a department where a biologist will hey man let's do a let's do a prescribed burn let's do a a, a, a 30 acre prescribed burn 20 acre prescribed burn on this on this landscape here and uh, really kind of bring in some better nests and habitat, um, Mm -hmm. you know, further down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, let's turn your, let's turn your, uh, your property into, you know, 15, 20% uh, food plots, Mm -hmm. you know, even smaller than that, man, just something, something, um, to be able to, to give a resource to the birds to help them survive Mm -hmm. and thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and these are smart people. They're all, they're all PhDs, man. They've they've done their research on the stuff and they have some good ideas, but, um, these private landowners just have to reach out, right. you know, and, and, and I think a lot of it is they don't know that that's available yeah. to, to have. And so mm-hmm. and if you're a private landowner, consider that as well. You can really make a good impact. Yeah, hmm.
2: absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Brett, I know you got a long drive back to Little Rock tonight. So uh, thanks for staying with us a little bit over time. Um, but we, I enjoyed just talking with you and learning about turkeys. I know I'm going to apply some of the things I've learned tonight when I go hunting this weekend. Um, but good luck, guys. Can't yeah. thank you enough, man. Yeah, man. It's
1: awesome. I, I love talking turkeys, so man, it's is nothing for me. I enjoyed it.
2: Cool, cool. Well, to our listeners, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you guys enjoyed the episode, let us know. This podcast is hosted by Kyle Veet, co-hosted by Adam Treese and Kyle Plunkett, and produced by Daniel Matthews. To sponsor an episode or for general advertising inquiries, reach out to us at the Ozark Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.